When I was 50 years old, I actually decided to draw up a list of half a dozen things that I really hadn't done very well. And I was going to make efforts to improve. One of them was skiing. And I really did become a very much better skier. So said Edmund Hillary, the man who on the 29th of May in the year 1953 became the first person along with Tenzing Norke to summit Mount Everest. 29,032 feet tall, this was a historic event in, when you look at achievement and accomplishment. Today, I wanted to share some musings and moorings about mountains and molehills. I've long been a fan of Edmund Hillary. I, of course, grew up in India, where from the years, I think, in the late 70s, early 80s, he was New Zealand's high commissioner to India and Bangladesh and did the ocean to sky expedition at that time, trying to use a boat to go backwards up the Ganges River. Edmund Hillary had many great accomplishments to his life, a native of New Zealand. When they decided to put a, his picture on the $5 New Zealand bill, with great humility, he decided that the mountain would be one of New Zealand's own and not Everest, for which he was so well known. But Edmund Hillary's life was fairly simple. I think he began uh, working as a beekeeper and a sheep farmer uh, in New Zealand spent some time in the Air Force, but had always decided that he wanted to be an adventurer. He managed to circle the, one of the poles with Neil Armstrong in a plane. Uh, he led expeditions all over. He summited 10 of the peaks in the Himalayas itself after Everest. His own son, Peter Hillary, along with Tenzing Norke's son, did summit the peak some years later. The reason I'm fascinated by the life of Edmund Hillary is I remember when I was uh, studying him, someone had made a comment one time saying, I don't think for a second that the day Edmund Hillary climbed Mount Everest around 1130 in the morning, they say on that 29th of May in 1953, I don't think for a second he would have looked around and said, I wonder how I got up here. This is pretty tall and I'm afraid. No, he had planned, he had prepared, and he literally did expect. One of the other quotes attributed to Edmund Hillary is, while on top of Everest, I looked across the valley towards the great peak Mukalu and mentally worked out a route about how it could be climbed. It showed me that even though I was standing on top of the world, it wasn't the end of everything. I was still looking beyond to other interesting challenges. So what are the challenges you're facing today? What are the mountains that you have to climb what are the molehills that you are on right now that have said, this is it, I don't want any more? Are you ready to make some mountains out of the molehills? What can paralyze yourself uh, with uh, some of the attributes is this feeling of inadequacy. You can literally paralyze yourself with thought about impossibility. You can disagree about the view. Some people go to the top of a peak and uh, look back at their accomplishment. Uh, if you're someone like Hillary, you look on that peak and you start charting other things that are beyond. Many people go to the top of Everest just for the privilege of having done it. But they say, you know, in 1953, there is a picture of Norgay, uh, Tenzing Norgay on top of Mount Everest because Edmund Hillary took his picture. But Hillary himself did not have a picture on top of Everest because 
Tenzin Kuroke did not know how to use the camera. At least that's what legend says. So as you are motoring through today, you can ask yourself, the view on the other side can be daunting, it can be distracting, it can be disturbing, and you can disagree about the view, and you can choose not even to make the trek. You can hesitate, and as a result, be happy right where you are, which means the molehill is it. Now, there is a proverb that says, don't make mountains out of molehills, and that's a different analogy because that's saying, don't make something bigger than it is. But let's look at molehills uh, for the size they are and mountains for the size they are. And humanity has a journey to make as we navigate between obstacles. So wherever you are, you can disagree about the view that you see. You can hesitate and be happy where you are and say that, you know what? I'm okay with this view. I don't need a mountaintop view. And I've seen many people do that. As a person who's crisscrossed the globe and travels, sometimes when I'm narrating, things that I've seen that are spectacular and things that I've seen that are eye-opening and things that defy human imagination. And when I talk about the wonder and grandeur that these eyes have been able to witness, uh, some naysayer in the room will say, well, you know, I've never left my little small town and as many problems as there are in the world, I'm happy in my own little make-believe world. What they are saying is, I've decided to hesitate. I've decided to stay on Hesitation Hill and be happy with where I am. Third is you can be uncertain about what lies ahead, and uh, as a result of that uncertainty, you can be paralyzed. Now, the reason I link this to adventure is that every great adventurer, Edmund Hillary Down, every great athlete, every great Olympian, everyone who has accomplished something of significance in this world had two things that were uh, in their background. One is a record number of times of repeating that which you want to excel at. Whether it was Michael Jordan perfecting that fadeaway throw or uh, Jerry West doing it so that he could become the silhouette of the National Basketball Association's logo, they had done that move repeatedly in their mind and in practice so many times that when it was game time and that was the shot needed, the ball was passed to them. So there is uncertainty, but most of the people who have accomplished things have done one thing. They have had been consistent in perfecting the habits that manifest into the behaviors that become the consequence of actions and as a result allow them to have some kind of accomplishment. So first is that repetition, that ongoing desire to chip away, that ongoing need to constantly work, to constantly make the effort. So that's the first thing they had going for them. The second thing is, after those innumerous attempts, they were never satisfied. If they failed at something, they found another way. If they failed at that, they found another way. They found another way, which means their passion to do it superseded the activities around. So one was the repeated attempt to perfect and then the ability to navigate when pitfalls are thrown your way. Edmund Hillary himself, they say, had failed Everest a couple of times before he summited the peak. If you read his book, High Adventure, you'll get a better glimpse into that whole journey. In fact, I remember I was reading John Krakauer's book, Into Thin Air, on a flight to India. And as we were flying around that part where you could, this gentleman said, hey, we're right now over the Himalayan range. I thought to myself, a cruising 747 that flies at about 35,000 feet is just a couple of thousand feet above the peak. I mean, I think at that time our, our altitude was about 33 or 34,000 feet. 
uh, as we were headed to Calcutta, and uh, Everest is, you know, 29,000. So to think about that, these guys were climbing into the stratosphere, literally, to the cruising altitude of a high of a plane. Now, there are a couple of things I want to add to this thing called mountains and molehills. The question is, do you want to be a mountaintop victor or a molehill victim? Do you want to be a mountaintop victor or a molehill victim? The one choice we do not have is to expect that these mountains do not exist. So right now, standing where we are, we're looking at the horizon in front of us. And yesterday I was with a group of people saying, what are your predictions for what is coming? Prognosticators and purveyors are all predicting uh, doom and gloom on one side. And I think I've shared uh, with some group recently a question that plagues all of us is the future that we see, is it going to be an artificial intelligence, a Star Trek future? Or is it going to be absolute desolation and mayhem, a Mad Max future? One side, we see the Mad Max future evolving in front of our eyes as cities are burning and people are walking around with masks, looking like silhouettes in the night with a, a desire to destroy. Uh, some are protesting, some are destroying. That's not the question. The question is, that's the image that we see. There's smoke behind them, there's fire beyond that, there's darkness in the air, there's mayhem in front of you, there's confusion all around. And that's one vision. That's one vision of the mountain we have in front of us, an obstacle we see. The other vision is a perfect vision of this uh, Amazon world or Alexa world, which is artificial intelligence driven. So on one side, your uh, ads talk about the pandemic in the air and how everybody is taking the social precaution measures and how the masks and the hand sanitizers are the new norm for businesses. And on the other side, you see the advertisement for the space race by Tesla, and uh, you see a future that has uh, robots in it and uh, an artificial intelligence where your refrigerator is able to talk to the convenience store and tell the convenience store that you're out of milk and the convenience store can then look up your account and decide when your delivery is going to be and the milk magically appears before the expiry date on the current milk. So there are two worlds out there. Both are mountaintop worlds. But the only way we can experience either one of them is to make a choice and that is to get off the molehill. Whatever our mountaintop victory is, whether it will be artificial intelligence and whether our planning and preparation for that will allow us to seamlessly flow right into that because we are engaged with media and medium and uh, we know all of the components that work therein. Or whether it's this futuristic world that is death and desolation that requires every citizen to take care of themselves and it's that uh, prepper mentality where you say, you know what? I can work off the land, I can live off the grid, and I can get all of my supplies for myself. Of course, I'm talking with a predominantly Western perspective right now, but this pandemic has affected everybody globally, so we're all at the same point. I don't know what your mountains are, but there are mountains in front of you. You can ask yourself whether you want to be a mountaintop victor or you want to be a molehill victim. The choice you do not have is to expect that these mountains don't exist. This morning, I put on Facebook that creation made natural obstacles, condition made physical obstacles, society made perceivable obstacles, politics has made philosophical obstacles. However, individuals are the only ones who have to face and overcome every one of these obstacles. Friends, others can define your misery by pointing outwards. Only you can define your joy by looking inward. 
Going back to Hillary, here's what he said on fear. I'm sure the feeling of fear, as long as you take advantage of it and not be rendered useless by it, can make you extend yourself beyond what you would regard as your capacity. If you're afraid, the blood seems to flow freely through the veins and you really do feel a sense of stimulation. He's actually saying that fear, when adequately positioned, creates a blood flow if the fear is driving you to a solution. You know, the last uh, 30 or 35 feet of the mountain of Everest is called the Hillary Step. It's that treacherous part. The last part where you look and uh, you have to navigate this to get to the peak. In fact, they say some recent earthquakes may have actually rendered that particular part uh, slightly different, which means people are navigating it differently right now. But for the longest time, that was called the Hillary Step. Imagine living a life of adventure. Your name is a, a renowned. Your picture is on a currency of a country as one of the only people alive at that time who was not a monarch or a king to have been given that honor. You're knighted by the queen. You come back to the country where all of these things were accomplished and you become someone where the airport's named after you. And after all of that glory, you're basically telling yourself, you know what? Fear can drive you. Fear will drive you in a positive way if you look at these mountains and make yourself a mountaintop victor and don't look at yourself as a molehill victim. Until next time, this is Krish Dunham. Happy trekking. As always, check us out on all the social media platforms. Please visit krishdunham.com. That's krishdunham.com for links to all the platforms and a variety of resources available on those respective platforms. Thank you. God bless.